second to get up here. You might have needed a second after that. Thank you for singing that miracle, Brother Willie, a sinner saved by grace. That's a miracle. Some, some Baptists uh, get away from using that word miracle, and, but salvation is a miracle, and he's still doing it today. Just because someone takes a miracle out of context doesn't mean I'm not going to speak of the truth of those that still happen today. Um, Exodus chapter 33, and we'll begin in verse 12. We're going to share the example of Moses this morning, and we're going to talk about the big deal about worship. The big deal about worship. Exodus 33, we'll begin reading in verse 12. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not that in thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken. For thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face. For there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. And it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in the cleft of the rock, and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away mine hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. Moses was given a difficult job by his Lord. He was to lead Israel during a time that they were very rebellious. They were stubborn. They were selfish. And he was to lead them through the wilderness to the promised land. And Moses needed 
all the power of the relationship with his Lord that he could possibly experience to be able to accomplish this. In the timeline of what's going on here, Moses has just received the law from the Lord. Moses had gone up in the mountain 40 days and nights while God revealed His law to him. And while Moses was with God, when he was gone, the people made a golden calf. And they began to worship this golden calf as their God. Israel got into some very gross sins while Moses was gone uh, during this time. So here Moses comes back down the mountain, saw what they were doing, threw down the tablets with the law written on them and broke them. And things aren't looking good. Moses hasn't responded well. The people of God haven't done well. But God is doing a very special work in Moses during a difficult time. It would behoove you and I to remember that in our difficult times that we might not throw in the towel, that we might not quit, that we might know that God wants to raise us up to do a great work for Him. He is working in us and He is working that we might grow. Moses has some growing that he still needs to do. He's called to be a leader, that doesn't mean he has it all together. He needs some growth and God is going to give him some growth through this time. Moses is in a place of discouragement. He's down. He has become very low, but he needs to grow. And he needed help if he was going to lead Israel. Praise God, Moses asks the Lord. He asks the Lord for what he needs. He asks the Lord for a little encouragement that he might see the Lord's glory. The Lord reveals his glory and Moses falls down and he worships the Lord. You know, in God's plan for you and I, during our times of difficulty, that's what He would have us to do, to worship Him. Not to go away, not to stay away, not to throw in the towel, but, but to consider His worth, to see our need of Him, to see that nothing is impossible with Him, nothing we're going through is ever too great for Him, and that we might worship His holy name. As you and I serve the Lord, there's going to be really tough times. And as we do, we're going to need that extra something special, okay? We may be as embers and ashes. If you've never been there, you're going to be there. And we all seem to get there at some place in our walk with the Lord, whether it's of our own doing or whether it's from circumstances around us. But God will take those embers and ashes and He will develop that holy fire in us again. Let us trust Him for this to do this. Let it bring us to our knees that our response 
to the difficulty before us would be to worship, to worship God, to see His worth. In this encounter with the Lord, Moses discovers the big deal about worship. Now, as we think about worshiping God, it has to be all about Him. It has to be all about who He is. All that He's done doing, all that He shall do. Everything that God is, His worth. How do we estimate His worth? What is God worth to you and I? And and that sends us into a bubbling over that we might truly worship God. And it's all about Him, okay? The only reason to worship God is for His worth. But I tell you, I just tell you what comes about as a result. What comes about as a result of you and I worshiping God is we gain some strength we thought we couldn't get. We get some strength that we couldn't get anywhere else. God assures our hearts when we worship Him. He gives us confidence. He helps us to accomplish impossible tasks before us when we worship the Lord. We will see in this event, in the life of Moses, this very thing. We're going to see that Moses finds a big deal about worship by the requirement of depth. There was a requirement of depth that Moses needed to reach way beyond himself to be able to lead Israel. We're going to share a reaction of deity too. See, we're not going to just see Moses' response to difficulty. We're going to see God's response to Moses when Moses chooses to worship him. And then we're going to close with a radical development in the life of a child of God when we discover the big deal about worship. The requirement of depth for the task. You don't have to turn here, but I'm going to go back to the beginning of Exodus. And in chapter 3, verse 10, it says, Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. The requirement of depth for the task. We all have tasks before us, and Moses has a task. Moses was given the duty of leading the children of Israel uh, to Canaan. This wasn't an easy task. Many saw Moses as questionable for the task. The people of God, though not in a right place, they, they were quite judgmental of Moses. Is Moses up to this task? I just don't think he's the man for the job. I don't think he could do it. Moses was disobeyed by the people of God. Moses was disrespectful, disrespected by the people of God. And he needed to be faithful in spite of the people. Someone made up a beatitude. Blessed is the man who doesn't allow a fool to cause him to act a fool. And so Moses needed to be faithful. He needed to be dependable. No matter what the people were doing, 
what the people were saying. He needed to walk in obedience to the Lord no matter what. No matter how the people acted. No matter how challenging the situation was. No matter how challenging the task was at hand. He needed depth. There was a requirement of depth for the task, but also for the taunt. In chapter 32, I'll read these first three verses real quick. It says, And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we, we want not what is become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Break, break off the golden ears, which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. And the people break off the golden earrings, which were in their ears, and brought them unto Aaron. And you know what they did with those things? They melted them down to make them a god. Requirement of depth was for the taunt. If we were to read all of chapter 32, we would see quite the fullness of the rebellion of God's people going on. They were in trouble with the Lord. Now imagine Moses as he has gone to be with God to get the law, to see the glory of God. He had been working hard with the people of God to lead them. And all they did was complain. They found fault. They criticized, they bellyached, they looked at their leader as not a perfect leader and pointed out every flaw that they could in him. There were probably times that Moses wanted to quit. There's a preacher I've never met, I've never even seen him in person, but I've listened to his preaching a lot and respect it greatly. I believe he's a godly man from the preaching of the Word of God. I hear, I always learn something. And my mind was blown one day when before however many people he was preaching to, he admitted that there were two times in his ministry that he asked God if he could step down from the position that God had called him to, to pastor. He asked God twice if he could quit. He's still going today because by his testimony both times, he felt a giant no in his heart. And I was so amazed by that. But in thinking about this, how many of us, whether a preacher, whether a teacher, whether, whether you're a witness in the streets, whether you're that prayer warrior, how many times have you and I wanted to quit? How many have been tempted to quit? How many have quit? Oh, for that temptation. May we just see 
that there is a requirement of greater depth for you and I. God's not finished with us yet. It's time to dig deeper with Him. There is another rung on the ladder. There is another step up that God's looking to take you and I to. And praise God, Moses doesn't quit he, he, he sees his requirement of depth for the task, for the taunt, but ultimately for the triumph. Chapter 33 and verse 18, And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. You know, you can ask that God too, ask that to God too, as well as me. Moses faced great difficulty. But he had a great desire to know the Lord better. He saves us from our sins. And we start learning to to walk with Him. We start learning His Word. But there's always the need to know Him better. More about Jesus, what I know. More of His grace to others show. And so Moses sees this. And Moses desires to know the Lord better. That's his answer in time of difficulty. That he might get closer, as it were, to the Lord. He knew that the people couldn't meet his need. His thoughts was, weren't, I'm just going to, man, I'm just going to, to, to pump up the people and they're going to pump me up and, then, and that's how it's going to work. He knew he couldn't rely on the people in his great time of need. He knew the very best performance that he could put on wasn't going to get the job done. Moses was weak. And he was discouraged. He couldn't see things as he should, but he knew that a revisit with his God and who his God is and knowing him better, that would be the best cure. That would be the way to triumph when he felt like he was losing. His aim was to get in tune with the way God operates so that he would be able to serve God better. God has a plan in every one of our situations. He has the way to triumph. The, re- the way to triumph might be staying in the midst of it, but nevertheless, He has the plan for you and I to triumph. Moses depended upon this. He desired closer fellowship with God, that things would be even more personal between him and God, that he would experience the powerful presence of God in his life, and that worship would be more meaningful. That worship would be all about Him. That when you and I gather, there's even distractions in the sanctuary of God. But for the one who is here to show God His worth, to express God to Him, His worth from their heart, There is true worship. There is more meaningful worship. There is a big deal about worship for you and I to know, for you and I to grow in. Moses wanted a deeper, more intense love 
for the Lord, he knew that would inspire him to lead as he should. This was Moses' answer. He knew that to do what he needed to do for the triumph, it would come from his God. He trusted that heaven would give him the strength that he needed, and he looked to his God. Paul had the same idea. In Philippians chapter 3, when he says that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being made conformable to His death. That is the answer that we might know Him better, that we might grow in Him, that we might worship Him. This is the same desire that should fill our hearts. This is the button that's to be pushed in time of difficulty for you and I. That our prayer would be that our love for God would increase that we would know Him better, that our worship would be deeper. I think of a precious saint who's in glory now. Her name's Billy Masterson. I bet Sue knows Billy. I say no in the present tense because she's in glory. We're going to see her one day. And Billy's prayer every day was make me a better Christian. And it's not just something about just saying some words. It's knowing. It's knowing we need to get closer to Him. That we can become better. That there's always room for improvement. The young child of God told me one time when people were critical of them, I'm a work in progress. And, and some of us forget that. We're all a work in progress though to walk with the Lord, to taste and see that He is good, to consider all of our blessings, we will have a desire for greater depth in our relationship with Him. For the task that was greater than Moses, for the task that's greater than you or I, we're, we're going to be outmatched by our tasks. We're meant to be outmatched by our tasks. And with that, what's going to happen with that is a heart filled with worship as a result. When we look to Him and depend on Him, we not only see the requirement of depth, but the reaction of deity. We see some grace here in chapter 33. And in verses 19 and 20, I've already read them. I'll skim them real fast. And he said, I will make my goodness pass before thee. I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. And will be gracious to whom I'll be gracious. Show mercy to whom I'll show mercy. And he said, thou canst not see my face. For, for there shall no man see me and live. But God tells Moses that he's going to grant his request He's going to allow Moses to catch a glimpse of his glory as he passes by. Why would God do this? 
Why would God grant this request to Moses that he would be able to see his glory? The answer is found in verse 17. The Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken. Here it is. For thou hast found grace in my sight. Moses found grace in the eyes of the Lord. I I believe you and I might be trying to pedal the bicycle uphill when the Lord has a Harley Davidson for us sometimes. And what I mean by this is we're not going to earn more of God. We're not going to earn a greater experience with Him. We're not going to prove to God how much we can do. But if we will depend on Him, there is grace for you and I in time of need, just as there was. is freely offered by Him. We are freely invited to partake and to receive of Him. It's a matter of trusting Him for us to receive from the Lord. We have not earned our salvation. We have not... ...that are given by God. It is the work of His grace. The fact... and have communicated God. Not only grace, also given a place, and the Lord said, By me, Moses. God had a place for Moses to stand by him to see his glory. Do you know that you have a place with Jesus today? Do you know that he has a place for you in your time of difficulty? He is there making a place. For all of us, the way we see God's glory today spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Today, Jesus says, He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. John 1.18 says, No man hath seen God at any time, but the only begotten Son, He hath declared.
says he's the express image. Jesus today. It's that's not only an appropriate song. His this song was written by a man named Storm, and he knew of this literal large cleft in a rock. He knew this tunnel-like opening in a huge rock where he could go and he took cover as a storm raged. And the rains and the thunder and the lightning didn't affect In the worst storm, if you will, that there has ever been when He was on the cross. And in Him, we are sheltered from the storm. He has paid our penalty. He is our Redeemer. We have been bought by His blood we have been saved from the penalty of our sin, and, and that's cause for worshiping God. Just as well for the child of God throughout this life to trust in Him during a lesser difficulty, during a lesser task for the Lord than it was to die for our sins. He can take care of what we're going through. One more reaction of deity. It wasn't only His grace. It wasn't only a place He provided. But the face, chapter 34, verses 5 through 7. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with Him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Praise God, the face of God, the way that we're able to see it today, spiritually speaking, through eyes of faith. God said He would show Moses His glory. And that's exactly what He did. God passed by as He promised, showing His glory. Verse 5 says, And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there. And the Lord passed by before him. Oh, Moses, Moses has a foundation of the rock. Moses is surrounded by the rock. He is in the presence of the Lord. He is protected by the Lord, though it's time of difficulty. He is seeing the glory of God all at once. Moses had a front row seat and his life was changed. And in a different way, we're going to get a glimpse 
of the glory of God throughout our lives. You know, the power of God is in every church service. I believe that with all my heart. Though, though I believe that, that maybe He helps me to distinguish some special times where His presence is specially known. Maybe my head's in the sand in all the other services, but there are just times where the presence of God blesses and is so personally sensed in the church. Maybe it would happen more often if it weren't for us. Maybe we hinder Him sometimes. But the face of God in the way we can spiritually see Him today is through the eyes of faith. May we desire this more and more. May worship be a big deal. May we truly worship the Lord and see His glory that we would desire to see God moving in our midst. I think of the old testimonies I hear of when people do not know of someone receiving Christ as their Lord and Savior for a week, for two weeks, that they're down on their knees in a time of invitation, just praying to be in the midst of God saving souls, that, they, that another soul would be saved, knowing there are lost souls, that, that God would be moving then there would be nothing in them hindering this happening, that people of God would be confessing their sins, and Lord, save in our midst. May we desire that, because there is a reaction of deity today just as there was in Moses' day. How about a radical development? We think of Moses and his Lord. And Moses had a mountaintop experience with God. And Moses didn't become perfect, but Moses was never the same. No one can come face to face with God, if you will, through eyes of faith, and be the same. There is an effect from being with God. You think about Jacob's encounter with God, and he limped off as a result. You think of Saul's encounter with God on the road to Damascus, and he left there never the same again. And what we see in the life of Moses was the result of his meeting with God in the presence of God that he was in. Moses was blessed. Moses was strengthened. He worshipped God and he became a better servant. Moses was humbled. He was humbled before God. In verse 29, here of chapter 34. And it came to pass, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tables of testimony in Moses' hand, when he came down from the mount, that Moses wist not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with them. One day we're going to stand before the Lord. And it's a very common thought that we say that the preacher, that the preacher seems to guide in a view of what will happen. That we will fall down on our face with our lips in the dirt 
and we will say, God, forgive me a sinner. But you know what? I, I don't know that we think that way all the time. Um, you know, we tend to think that we're better than we are sometimes. I, I appreciate that song that, that we still sing today, that Brother Willie sang this morning. I appreciate just a sinner saved by grace. It's just as true today as it was when someone sang that song every Sunday. But we tend to think we're better than we are now sometimes. But I tell you what, in that day, in that day, God's holiness is going to truly humble us. May it be so now. May we be humbled before the Lord now. Today, so that God can really use us. Some people think they're all that in a bag of chips with God and, and they're not being used by God as much as they could be when they're thinking that way. James 4.10 says, Humble yourselves therefore in the sight of God and He shall lift you up. Paul was humbled by a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet him so he wouldn't be exalted above measure. Moses' face glowed, and everyone knew it but him. How about that? Huh? Those who know they're nothing without God, and that God is everything, are highly used by God. That's what he's looking for. He loves humility, and he hates pride. Moses was humbled, but... We've got to keep on because Moses was a worshiper. Chapter 34, verse 8, Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. When Moses had an encounter with the Lord in his difficulty, he didn't come say, God, what are you going to do about this now? Or doubting God. He came and he humbled himself before God. He honored the Lord. He got down in a low position. If you read on, Moses wasn't shouting. He wasn't singing. Or even having words here. He was humbled before the Lord. He was adoring the Lord. It was something that was going on in his heart before God. Some people connect worship with a show of worship. And, and eventually, don't get me wrong, there's going to be a, an outward expression of an inward impression. But worship goes on in the heart. Our hearts are stirred before God. Moses is a worshiper here, and he's simply humbled and adoring the Lord. It's something his heart was involved in. Our deepest parts of our life, of our being, are going to be affected during a time of worship. We're going to worship if God is desired, if He is lifted up, if His majesty and His kingship are meditated on, if He is receiving the credit due to His name, if He is seen worthy of all honor, if He is showered with praise before His people, if our blessings are numbered, if all the benefits that we have are considered, forget not all His benefits, then He is worshipped. When all of this is going on, when we're not just going along with a worship service. 
When it's not just routine and we step in the doors and we sit down and and we leave. When all of these things are going on about God within you and I, we're meditating on these things. We're excited within about these things. Then God is truly going to be worshipped. It's not going to be about where we're going for lunch. It's not going to be about who's sitting next to us. It's not going going to be about what's going on with someone else in the sanctuary. It's going to be about Jesus Christ. What's going to be going on is that we're going to want our lives to be doing what the Lord desires that we be doing. And we will worship God in spirit and in truth. Moses was humbled. Moses was a worshiper. Moses was never the same. Moses had been with the Lord. And the Lord was all over him. Moses was never the same. Moses was a witness to all of Israel of the change that takes place from spending time with God. I'm so thankful the Lord saved me. And when He did, His Holy Spirit came to live within me. And I could start to truly understand what God was saying in His Word. I'm thankful for that. But I'm thankful for something extra that came along with learning and understanding God. And that was other children of God who were truly worshiping God, who were a witness and a testimony of the saving grace and the changed life that the child of God had. I I, I was getting a little confused at first because I saw lives that professed Christ and I didn't see a changed life bumping elbows out in the world with them. But thank God for those who had the witness of Jesus Christ living within them. They were surrendered to it. They were humbled. They were turning from things that Jesus didn't like. And they were turning to things that Jesus loved. And they were radically changed by Him. I've met Christians who are never the same and I thank God for them. Because I learned that our God is no respecter of persons. And what He will do in the lives of other children of God, He will do that in me, and He will do that in you. Oh, What what a change from spending time with God. When our hearts are tuned into God, and we are filled with everything being about Him, look, our faces may not glow, But our walk and our talk, it's going to show. It's going to show something different. Our lives will show that we have been with God. Our lives will show that we are living in His power. Moses grew in his relationship with the Lord. He wasn't a favorite of God. God does not have favorites. We can't cause God to love us any more than He loves us. We can't cause Him to love us less than He loves us too. Thank God for that. But I tell you what, He will use us more. He will use us more when we depend on Him. When we turn to Him. When we just 
as Moses in our time of difficulty, wherever we find ourselves in life, worship is a big deal. And our worship can become deeper. And our lives can be used more by Him. I don't know what God may be doing to your heart as a result of this message. I do recall being unsaved and sitting in church and listening to all of these things and becoming baffled by no spiritual pulse, no detection of the things of God in my life. And wow, God is faithful to show us when we haven't been saved. He's faithful to show us that. He'll humble us that we might admit we've never worshipped Him. If that's you today, would you be forgiven for all your sins? Would you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? Would you personally know His worth? Would you be personally closer to Him? Would you grow in Him? It's a, it's a deeper and deeper relationship as we go. And for children of God, the Lord lets us know that things are going to get tougher that we have a tough road ahead of us, that we are no match. We have no ability for the task before us, but in Him we do. Don't throw in the towel. Don't quit, child of God. We're to be gathering together until the Lord comes back, exhorting one another. Oh, how encouraging the people of God are that keep on in the fight and nothing stops them. Encourage that Christian that you know of. Encourage that Christian that comes to your mind that you have looked at and said, I better not ever quit because I know that the Lord has given me just what He's given them. Let us bow. Father God in heaven, Lord, we come before you and we thank you for your biblical record, your eternal truth. We thank you for the example of Moses. How timeless your word is. We thank you for this because we need exactly what you walked Moses through today. Lord, may we be encouraged that we wouldn't wilt in time of difficulty. That we wouldn't throw up our hands when it looks like all we can do is give up. May we worship you and be strengthened and changed by you, Lord. We thank you for your plan, your pattern, your path that you have for us to walk down. And it will be through a wilderness sometimes. But, oh, Lord, we can look to you and ask to see your glory. And we can find grace in your sight. We thank you for this. We thank you for your goodness. That you're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so for the one who is not saved here today, Lord, we pray they would trust you, that they would know the free gift of eternal life by faith in your Son, Jesus Christ. For it's in His name we pray. Amen. Page number 461.